We're going to be looking at Ephesians 2.10 today, and, and we'll be getting into John chapter 4. So if you want to turn there, last week in our series, on we started talking about our identity in Christ, and the message was... Um, born identity <laughs> and uh, but it, i know it's corny but it's the best way to describe like um you know it's the best way to describe our identity in christ that number one your identity you're born with it you're born with your new identity when you're born again right and um somebody says you know Christian, you know, as a believer, oh, you're so awesome. Like, well, I was born that way the second time, you know, and (laughs) flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Do not be surprised that I say to you, you must be born again. And, um, and, and, and that, you know, it never gets old that being born of God is a spiritual reality, isn't it? That heaven is our home. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. As we go about our natural lives, really our lives are not natural in any way as believers. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's a good word. It just never gets old. And um, so we're going to turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 10. I'm going to read it and then we're going to come back to it. And it says this. Can we just read 8 and 9 just for fun? So good. For you are saved by grace through faith, this not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from works, so that no one can boast. For here it is, for for we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time, so that we should walk in them. Powerful. So last week we talked about our born identity and that that really, um, God has designed it even naturally that when we are born, we are unable to do anything, to produce anything, to provide anything or to add anything, to lend a hand or contribute to community in any way. We are born as a child, as a baby, you are born with nothing but needs. It's amazing. When you're born, you are a being that has nothing but needs. You you can't meet anyone's needs. You bring a lot of joy, a lot of delight, right, in in a healthy situation, you know, and God's designed it this way so that before we can do anything or contribute anything, we learn that we are loved. So that we know that being loved has nothing to do with what we can do. That's a good word, right? Because if you can earn love, you can earn your way out of it. (laughs) That'd be a bummer, right? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a bummer. Like if you, you know. But when you're born, it's an experience. We also say this, that, that, you know, if you can... That's why it's important that people experience God for themselves. Be, being born again is an experience with God, right? And I always say, you know what? If you can be talked in, you can be talked out. But once you've been born, no talking you out of that. Once you've experienced, once you've tasted yourself, that all your theories, all your arguments, that's wonderful. You can have those. But I'm just going to tell you who I know. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I don't know if Shelly exists. I'm like, why? Well, I know her. There's just no way you're going to convince me she doesn't. I have a relationship with Shelly. You can't, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's the reality of the Christian life. Like a person with an experience is never at the mercy of, of a person with an argument. Like, well, you can have your argument and I understand you're searching, but I'll tell you who I know. Yay. Because I've been born. So born identity. You're born with your identity. And, 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 and today we're going to talk about how identity gives purpose. Powerful. And so there'll be a little bit of overlap from, from last week and a little bit of setup for next week. Next week we're going to talk about walking in your new identity. And I'm really excited about that. Not because it's profound, but because it actually is such a powerful and important element to our life when the rubber meets the road. Right? And I love vision and I love broad strokes and God's big. And I love just to get lost in the bigness of God and in the in the in the the um, the revelation of who he is. I'm a I'm a God gazer. I love to gaze at him and and get caught up that way. But how many know that it, in this interaction, something else happens and it is a grace that is released to my life so that when my shoes hit the sidewalk outside my door, then heaven meets earth in a tangible way. That I have more than ideas. I have a God who lives inside of me. And, uh, and stuff happens because of that. My life's different because of that. So walking out our identity. And there's a journey to that. There's a journey. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about that next week. And so this week, let, let's get into this, okay? So Ephesians 2.10, we're his creations created in Christ Jesus, right? Creation. Some of your Bibles say, and what I grew up with mostly, is um, we are his workmanship. Your Bible might say his masterpiece, his unique design. Um, it's the word poema. Kind of sounds like poem. There's almost an artistic element. There's, there's totally an artistic element to how God has created you. Uniquely, one of a kind, for a purpose. Isn't that amazing? How many, are, how many are excited about that? It's good. None of us are called to be chair sitters. Right? We all, we all, we all, we all learn, we all sit, re- receive, learn... But the purpose of all that equipping is so that our life is different as we walk it out. And, um, and so we are his masterpieces, his one-of-a-kind works of art, created in Christ to do good works, prepared in advance. Now, something to realize here is that God identifies himself as a father. How many know fathers pour identity into children? Fathers and mothers are equally important. Don't ever swallow the lie that they're not. They are. Children are meant to have a father and a mother. A man in their life who is a father and a woman in their life who is their mother. And that is the unit that God has designed. And that is the best, most healthy situation for a child to grow up in. And and we can talk about stereotypically what mothers bring and what fathers bring and yet there is some overlap in all of that we understand and we're not trying to put people in boxes but God is the father we look to him and we find out who we are powerful we get our identity from our father children look at their father 
and they, they look at their, their dads and they're looking and they don't even realize, but from the time they're young, they're looking and they're going, who am I? I'm looking at dad. And they, and moms bring it too, but the father, the father brings identity into our life. God identifies himself as a father. Um, even the fact that God, I love the scripture in Hebrews that said, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son. <laughs> How many love that verse? It lights me up every time. And it's Hebrews 1, and it's the first two verses. And um, just to reference that. And that, and I, and I would just make this note, that the fact that God could reveal himself to mankind in any way, but he's going to be himself. And so when he reveals himself to mankind, when he goes, now I'm really going to show you who I am, how does he do it? He sends a son. And the fact that a father speaks through a son is just is just further evidence that he is a father. If you want to know why I'm going to send my son, look at him. Not only that, it's a son in whom he is well pleased. Here's another beautiful thing about our father is that he he delights in his children. I don't know about you, but like somewhere growing up in church, I'm, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But I realized somewhere along the way, like, you know what religion is? Religion is when you try to do anything for yourself that only God can do for you. So if you try to work for love, that's religion. If you try to work for righteousness, that's religion. If you try to work for anything that, that can only be received as a gift from God... That is striving in religion. And every other religion on the planet is a system of things to do to hopefully gain favor with a God that no one really knows. And you just, your best hope is I just hope he does, he's happy. I just hope he's not upset. That's what most religions are. And, and, but, but, but those who are in Christ, we don't just have a religion. We have a relationship with the father of all creation. And they go, well, you don't know. You don't know what God is. Yes, we do. We know exactly what God is like because Jesus came in the flesh and revealed him. And he walked around and he said, if he said, hey, look at me, see everything I do, see me, see how I am, see how I heal, see how I save, see how I set people free from the oppression of the enemy, see how I love, see how I eat with those who are hungry. Tax collectors, it doesn't matter. You know, a lot of people go, well, Jesus didn't like the Pharisees, but he did like... The fact is that Jesus had come for everybody, but he loved to eat with the hungry. And he didn't care about their position. And it was the fact that other people had put their position, so they had a position rather than becoming sons. The bummer about that is they didn't get to find out who they really are, and they missed out on lots of good stuff. So God is a father and he speaks to us through his son. Now, God is a father who creates. Our father is a cre- he is the creator. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but like I just my my mind can just take off forever when I think about the fact that God's a creator. Do you ever just wonder, like, what else are you going to what else are you going to create? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we don't know. Like we're going to be discovering the depths of God for eternity, but he's this eternal father who creates. And and those who are made in his image, us, right, in marriage, mothers and fathers, we have the joy 
of partnering with God in creation. It's called procreation, right? But it's but really what we're doing in our partnership with God is that we're reproducing. But even in that place, God has actually designed even that child. It's amazing, right? We partner with God, but God's the creator. And he says, but I have designed this child in a unique way. And part of being a parent is actually discovering who God has made that child to be. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and, and you know, just like religion creates a box, like a cookie cutter, and it kind of chops off your like parts of you because you don't all fit in that cookie cutter. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you got everyone looks like a cube. And but God, God's not that way. He he makes us all unique and and he actually takes delight in us being ourselves. Now, the other part of that is, is that we'll never know who our true selves are until we get our identity in him. Amen. And we can get our identity in all kinds of things. We can get it in our hobbies. We can get it in all kinds of stuff, right? I'm a sports fan. I'm a whatever. And everybody's looking for identity. Everybody, every human being craves to know who they are and why they're alive. And people deal with it in all different ways. But those who are in Christ find out who they are and why they were made. Powerful. Is, this, is that a good word? Yeah, are you doing? <laughs> Thanks, man. I mean, it feels good. I'm just checking in. Um, now, it says that we're his workmanship, his one of a kind masterpiece created in Christ. So, here's the thing salvation, whoever you were before you came to Christ, whoever you were before you were born again that's not a reference point for who you are because if anyone is in Christ they are a new creation so when you come to Christ you have actually a new identity you got a new identity and just like the child that was born in the natural thank you Sharon just like the child that was born in the natural who comes in and says ah I don't know anything. I just know I'm alive. I was born and it's amazing. You ever see it? We have the video of my son right after he was born. It's the coolest video. It's on VHS somewhere. You know those plastic bricks that you... Uh, but um, and, and you can see it. Actually, it was the little ones. You had to put it in a huge adapter to play it in your VCR. And, um, and so... Uh, but it's such a cool video. Like my son, what does he know? But he knows that he's in a new world and he's alive. And this is what it is when you're when you're created in Christ, when you're born again. This is super foundational. But talking about identity, you have to talk about this. In the video, it's so cool. He's he's kind of crying and you know. And um, they take him in, and I followed him in, and I walk, and they're putting him on the scale, and I start talking to him, and you can see it in the video. He's crying, and I'm like, and I start. It's the moment I speak to him, he goes. And he like his his little dark eyes just look look in my direction and he just goes silent. It's the most powerful thing. He's like, I know that voice. I know that one. You know, so cool. And I think it's a great picture of us. You're born and then God begins to speak to you and say, let me tell you about who you are. 
and, and that you don't decide who you are, but I am your father. Can a pot say to the potter, what have you made me? And so like children, we get, have this joy of gazing on him and he looks at us and he says, I've dreamt about you. You've been a dream in my heart since when I was hovering over the waters of the earth. When I was creating this planet and this universe, I was dreaming about you. I was creating it. You were not an afterthought. I was creating it going, I need a great place for Reuben to live and Emily. I need a... You, you understand, like all this creation, really, this whole earth, this whole planet, a lot of people go, you know, there's this narrative out there that's actually demonic that says, well, the earth would be better off without people. I'm like, if, if it weren't for people, God would not have created the earth. God, God made the earth for people. And then he gave it to us. And... um the earth is given to men. The heavens belong to God. And so, and so, huh, I got to keep moving forward. So cre- salvation creates a new identity. It's your identity in Christ. And, and we get to discover together, together. You're called to do good works. Let me say this, that God will never call you to do works without giving you the grace and the anointing for those works. So you, as children of God, children of the anointed God, the God who anoints, created in Christ the anointed one, that means you're anointed, right? Remember what we said last week? The son of a lion is also a lion. So if you want to know who you are, you look at your father. And Jesus said, you can look at the father And you can look at me because if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So when you look at the life of Christ, someone says, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. We can wrangle about theology, but at the end of the day, does it look like Jesus? You know, and and Jesus is the most complete being to ever walk this planet. And you and I are created in his image. That is who we're becoming. I love the scripture that says it is not yet seen what we will become. And that's part of walking it out next week. It is not yet seen what we will become. And it's and connected to that is this whole idea that we don't crystallize or decide upon our own ways and stay the same. But our journey with God is that I am always becoming more and more of who I already am. It's like a tree that grows, right? You're like... You see a little sprouted tree, you come back 10 years later and you have this big old oak tree or cedar or whatever it may be, right? And you're like, well, that tree is totally different. No, that tree is more itself today than it was then because you saw it in infant form. So we can't be afraid of change because when you're walking with God and you change, actually it's the best thing in the world because you're becoming more and more yourself. And the, and, and the greatest anointing, and yes, God has called you, given you an anointing, okay? But the greatest anointing, this is good news. You guys want some good news? The greatest anointing will be on the truest you. This is what I've found, that the more I step in and discover who God has made me to be and embrace the uniqueness of that person, 
and say, this is who I am. This is who God has made me to be. You get more and more comfortable in your own skin. And, and you, be, you know what happens then? You begin to love yourself and you might as well because God loves you. It isn't holy to not love something God loves. You might, God loves you, you might as well love yourself. And, and so, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're hard on ourselves, and, we're, and it's like, you know what? You might as well love everybody God loves and he loves you. And, and, so, and so what happens is the more you're yourself, the more the grace and the anointing manifests on your life. The more you're yourself by gazing on him. So it's an invitation for more. Do good works. This word works is powerful. It's ergon in, um, in the Greek. And it just simply means it's works. It's what you would probably expect. Business, employment, that which uh, anyone is occupied with, that which one undertakes to do, an enterprise and undertaking. But here's the amazing thing, and you can reference it for time. I'm not going to turn there today. John 4.32. This is key. So if you're taking notes, John 4.32. This word works that he's prepared for you to do in advance is the same word in the Greek that Jesus said when his disciples came to him and they said they said they it said they were urging him to eat. He'd been ministering, they'd been going about their day, he'd been teaching, doing all kinds of stuff, and 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 they're urging him to eat. You must eat something, Lord. And, um, and, uh, and he said, I have food that you don't know about. And, they, and, they, and they're like, what did somebody say? I love how like Jesus says something to them. And then instead of just going, what did you eat? They're all like, did somebody bring him something? I just imagine Jesus saying right here. And they're like, I don't know. Who, who brought him food? You know, and you're like, I bet he knows. I bet. Anyway, I just wonder, it's so funny how they ask themselves questions when Jesus is right there. It's so, it's so awesome. Or they're sitting at the table, you know, they're like, hey, ask him, ask him this. I'm like, I bet Jesus heard him say, ask him this. But um, it's, it's, ask me yourself. Anyway, um, that's a good word in itself. So, but it's the same word there when he says, I have food that you don't know about. My food... What sustains me, what fulfills me, what thrills me to overflow so much that I actually forgot to eat actual food because I'm so fulfilled in my being, in my soul. It's doing the Father's will and to finish His work. It's not just everyday business. Now, there's a reality that like whatever I do, I do unto the Lord. When I'm out raking my yard... That's worship. If I'm out there with God, doing it unto Him, connecting with Him. But there's another reality to this, that there are people to reach. There are divine appointments. When you're going about your day, people at work, people in the grocery store, people everywhere that need God. And there are works prepared in advance. Can you imagine that God says, like, I created you, I fashioned you, that just like a hammer is made to drive a nail, that just like a saw is perfectly designed to cut. It's like it's made for that purpose and it does it better than anything else. God has a purpose for you in your life that is just that thing. And the beauty of the Father, our good Father, is that He's designed it in such a way 
that when you find out in Christ, in Him, who you are, and then you discover, because identity includes purpose. And when you have a purpose, that is what is connected to the abundant, overflowing life. The sense of, I'm contributing, I'm giving, I'm bringing something. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And, and a lot of people are depressed because they don't know their purpose and they're not experiencing the joy of giving. But he's designed it so that when you're most yourself doing what you're created to do, you're going to have the most joy. Is that amazing? Which, like, religion is the opposite. God's probably going to call you to something you hate. And you're going to prove your love by God by living a miserable life for him. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, no, that's ridiculous. And it doesn't mean that every step is always easy, but he's with you. And you have this relationship with him. But when you're doing, I've experienced this, like when when you're doing what you're created to do, and there's many ways you can fulfill your purpose. Actually, you don't believe there's just one way. There's many ways that you can live out the purpose that God has put in your life. But I'll tell you this. Here is a sign that you're doing it. It feels like, and even though you had to grow and there can be some hard work invested and there are things to learn along the way, and God is faithful to teach us and shape us. But when you begin to step in deeper and deeper and deeper into that thing, this is what it feels like. I feel like I show up and I be myself and it works. I feel like my job is being myself. And I don't just mean your occupation, and it can be that. And praise God when those things connect. But like your function in life and what you bring to the world. And you're like, this is what I do. And when I do this, I feel the pleasure of God. And it feels like worship unto Him. And it, and it feels like food to me. I forgot to eat. I'm, I'm so full of joy. Is this so good? This is the life. And I believe that that experience that Jesus described there in John 4.32 is actually... I believe this is all my heart. This is actually the abundant life that Jesus said, I've, I've come to give you. It's the abundant, overflowing life with a satisfied soul that says, I know who I am. I know my purpose. I know what I'm gifted for. And I have joy in it. And isn't it just like a good father? Do you know what, you know what a father, fathers want for their kids? If you wanted to sum it up. That you want them to be very fulfilled, happy, joyful, successful. That's what you want for your kids. And, uh, and how much more the Father. So doing the works that you're created for, they, it nourishes and feeds you. Here's the thing. When you know your identity, then your, your, source, your source is decided. And I've had people say, like, well, how do you do this or how do you do that? And I'm like, I, you know, I, I just know I am not limitless. <laughs> That's for sure. I have limits. But my source doesn't. And, and when you know your source, when you know your identity, you know your source, your source has been identified. And when God is your source, you find this capacity to pour out 
and you still get tired and you still need rest. Jesus stole the way and Jesus went to the mountains and Jesus got alone with with the father. Jesus needed that. But but yet still there is this capacity that's that that you find that is not your own. And so rather than being like the reservoir, you're like, I'm just the place where the fountain lives. You know, like the best case scenario in the Old Test, in the Old Covenant is that your cup would run over. That was the best day you could have in the Old Testament. David's like, the cup runs over. I got a cup and it runs over. And that's awesome. I got more than enough. God's pouring in. It's pouring out. In the New Covenant, however, as born again children of God, as his own children, skip the cup, you become a fountain. Jesus said, out of the innermost parts will flow rivers. And, and you know, it's amazing when you realize that, when you believe that, it changes your experience and the experience of those around you. And you're like, there's been times when I'm like, I'm so tired. Like, I, I just remember going like, I remember doing a wedding at the end of a, at the end of a year. And I remember thinking like, it's where I try not to ever get this point, but we've been going really hard. And I still had jet lag, I think, from the trip I had taken a few weeks back and et cetera. And I remember thinking, like, if I can literally stay standing as I officiate this wedding, praise God. <laughs> and, you know, but you just like you go and you're like, you're going to need sleep real soon. But but you you stand there. And you real and you and it's I've, I've found that the secret is surrender. So when I can surrender in that moment. Then his grace comes upon me and begins to flow through me and I can do things that I would not ever be able to do. So in closing, you'll find freedom to be the truest you as you realize that you're the one he loves. He's looking for one. Here's the thing. There's such an attack on identity. The enemy is so after identity because he knows if you figure out who you are, he's in big trouble. He knows there's nothing he can do to stop it when you know who you are. He knows that. And so the best thing we can do is quit trying to fight the devil and just look at our father. This is how we fight our battles. That's what we did today. And sometimes we're trying to be like somebody else, you know, like we see. And, and I'm inspired. I'm shaped by the influence of others in my life. But you're never going to lose your own identity. And, you know, sometimes when we when we I, I imagine God, like we're trying to be like somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Or we're trying to we see, well, that works for them. I'm going to try to be like that or like that just doesn't work. That's, I mean, what I found is I really am not good at being anybody else. I'm just no good at it. I'm horrible at it. And, and so it's got to be myself. And, um, yeah, and, uh, and, but here's the beauty of it. When, when we're doing that, it's like we're in a mask. And I just imagine, it's not like God doesn't know, but imagine this. It's like the Father is saying, I have an anointing to put on you. And he's like, where's the one I made? Where's the one I made? Why are you wearing that? Take that off your face. Let me see the face I made. I like the way I made you. And he's looking for us. And he's saying, take that off. Take off that costume. Quit it. That's so much work. And you're like, thank the Lord. It is hard work. It's so much hard work. 
You know, like, and he goes, there you are. That's the one I love. I love the one I made. And if I wanted you different, I would have made you different. It's a good word. Would you stand with me? What I found, too, is, you know, good works, you're created for them. In the family of God, good works flow from secure identity in him. But they don't provide it. Doing good works does not add anything to who I am. It's so fun to be a part of it. You know what? Walked into the store the other day. Amy and I were going to Rayleigh's. And it's like this divine appointment. This young guy. I don't know how old he was. He probably looked young for his age. But I'm imagining he's like 19. And I saw him. Just a young guy. And he was like. And he was like holding his rib like this. You know. And he was like. His side here. And, and he was working. And he was working at the store. And I saw him going back. And I, as I'm walking up at night. I'm looking. And I was like. Oh. That. I just drawn to him, you know, and um, so I walk in and I said, uh, I look over and I'm like, hey, buddy. And, and I'm like, buddy. And he's like, he turns around and looks and I go, hey, man, are you in pain? And um, he's like, yeah, I, I pulled a muscle is what I did. And, um, and I said, oh, man, can I pray for you? And um, he's like, Sure. So I just put my hand on his hand in Jesus' name. I just, Father, I just thank you for him. And in Jesus' name, be healed. Command this pain to stop. Whatever. Real simple, quick prayer. And, um, and it's so cool. I like to ask people to check it out because sometimes they don't realize it. And um, I felt not to stay with them too long. I, I sometimes will like encourage them and push it. But, but I, um, I prayed for him and I said, uh, he goes, thanks. And I go, how is it? And he goes, yeah, thanks, yeah. Well, but how's it feel? Is it any better? And he's uh, he goes, yeah, yeah, it kind of is. You know, like, like you know, like, and I, and I was like, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Praise God. And he's like, praise God. And uh, and uh, and uh, I walked away just with confidence. I didn't check back with him later, is it? Uh, but I did walk away with confidence, like, man, he got healed, you know. And um, and I tell you, like, it's just that simple, those simple little things that God knew I'd be walking into that store that day, and He put them right in my view, framed them in the door, and I'm like, this is a work that God had prepared in advance, and you just get to step. What do you do? You just step into it, make yourself available. So what, just put your hands out and receive. And if you're on the prayer team, please come forward. And just, yeah, please, students that are here and and um, and our our local prayer team here. So Father, I just thank you that today, as the word goes forward, I thank you that your word is living and active. I thank you, God, that it's it plants it 
in our hearts and it finds good soil. And I think that as we go out today, actually the fruit of it is greater later even than now. And, and so, but God, I just pray right now, I pray for fresh life to be breathed upon passions of yours. I feel like, you know, sometimes we dream with God about him touching this world or our town or people in certain ways through us. And, you know, the enemy wants to come and say, how prideful are you? And you're like, you know, it's just the dumbest lie. And it's just like, huh, yeah, you wouldn't be worried. If you weren't worried about it, you wouldn't be bothering me about this. And the fact is, you know, I think we just spend too many, too much time worrying. Like if, if it's something that serves and if it's a heart to see others know God and be touched or be free or whatever it is, I'm like, they're like, well, is that the Lord or is that yourself? And you're like, well, I know one person who doesn't want it, so I think it's the Lord. You know, and and um, and uh, so I just feel like God is like unlocking dreams. And and um, and, you know, we we I didn't expect to go after this, but I feel like God would refresh in this room prayers that were once prayed in your heart, things that you once dreamed about. And God is saying that's still alive. That's growing. Yeah. And I thank you, Father, for secure identity in you. I pray for the revealing, even right now, revealing of purposes. I pray that dreams and purpose would just begin to rise to the surface. Spiritual gifts highlighted and stirred up, breathed upon. In Jesus' name, we bless you. We thank you.